This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Vic Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, y'all. It's Dr. Vic here, and before we jump on this awesome interview that we had with Dr. Jamie. She shares a ton of nuggets about life. We dive into things about how to get rid of toxic people and what's the things that she sees in her life, her practice, and what she does, and how to help people to create more balance within. It's just going to be unbelievable. The show is a really good one. I enjoyed it. Uh, we had a, a great time, and there was just so much stuff being shared. So I'm excited for you guys on that end. Just to give a little background, you know, Dr. Jamie, she's your go-to life coach who will hold you accountable and push you to succeed. She is the host of the Dr. Jamie Show, and she's the author of The Superwoman's Guide to Super Fulfillment, which is published in over 10 countries and over four continents. Dr. Jamie is a motivational speaker and a go-to keynote for companies, associations, and organizations. She's been featured nationally, both on TV and other major media outlets, for her expertise in work-life balance, goal-setting, and reaching success. She is a frequent 
uh, mental health expert and coach on national TV and radio for her expertise in work-life balance and life fulfillment, and was recently featured as the lead interview on CNBC's new hit reality series, The Job Interview, and the spokesperson for British Airways. She's been featured in thousands of articles, blogs, podcasts, and media outlets for expertise. Some of those are British Airways, CNBC, Forbes, Daytime, Bay News 9 panel, and Bay News 9 segment. And again, like I said, she's also the host of The Dr. Jamie Show, and so check her out. I'm excited to jump in. I can't wait. This was really a great interview that I loved and enjoyed every moment of, and I know I'll be having her back again to dive in even deeper. So tune in, guys. We'll see you then. So hey, everyone. Welcome. I have Dr. Jamie here. Dr. Jamie, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I was ecstatic. I got to see your all about work-life balance. You got the, your uh, superwoman's guide to super fulfillment. It was just... Uh, Seeing all that, I was like, this is so great. We have so much to dive into and uh, to get going. So thank you again for being here. One of the things I love to start out asking is, um, you know, and myself, I'm a chiropractor. And in chiropractic, we always talk about how you didn't find chiropractic. Chiropractic kind of found you. It, It seeped you out. How did you get into the kind of work that you're doing with all the work life balance, the mommy mastermind stuff that you do and all that? How did it all begin? Yeah. So, okay. So I was coming out the birth canal. No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> all right. It was September 1st, 1982. So, I love it. <laughs> I love uh, it. no, but I will say a lot of what I do now is a little bit from my childhood. So, my parents got divorced right before I turned 13. And I was totally like shook up about it because I thought when you're married at the time, this is what I thought when you're married, you just figure out a way to make it work. Like it doesn't matter what happens. I was so naive, you know, you find a way you make it work. That was my child's eyes perspective. And so when my dad left, it kind of shook what I thought about what a family is, what God is, what men are. And I saw my mom sort of sitting there stuck. Never. She has no experience, no education, She has $5 in the bank account and she's got to raise two girls on her own. Like one day she's with the family and one day she's not. And so I knew right then and there, I had to get educated and I needed to gain experience. And one thing that people have said to me all my life is that I'm a very motivating person. And I have been always able somehow to motivate myself. If I don't want to do something and I know I need to do it, I'm going to be the person that does it. Like I just have this fire inside of me. And so I started realizing that this is a skill and a talent. And I probably could take this fire inside of me to motivate other people. And then that's sort of what led me on the way to psychology and why does the mind do certain things and why do people make certain choices and why are certain people motivated and certain people aren't. And that sort of ventured me into the whole area of psychology. Now, I will say very far from perfect, uh, what got me to write the book and start the masterminds was that I overwhelmed myself by saying yes to too many things, Dr. Rick, and it wore me down. I had no balance. I was putting sales meetings before my family and networking groups I didn't even want to be a part of before myself. And I vividly remember, and I say this in my book and whenever I keynote, that I would drive my car and I would use my car time as my cry time. And then when I got to an event that I was supposed to be at, I would crank the AC on high and I would shove my face in the AC of my car so that it would dry my eyes and my hair. 
And then I would get out and go to the event and I would just do that on repeat. And I realized this probably is not the way that I need to live my life. And then lo and behold, work-life balance was the next venture of my life. I love it. And I love how, you know, everyone I chat with, there's always like a, a process. You had to go through, I call it the dark time in order to get to the light. Which yeah. world. And would you say that, that catching that moment, that aha for you, was it the, wait a minute, putting my air conditioning on and have to dry my eyes out every time. This is something that I just need to, was that like your aha moment that the darkest moment where you started to turn towards the light in a sense? Yeah. It, and it took a few cries. It took probably a year <laughs> yeah. of crying to figure out. But I, actually, no, Dr. Vic, I can tell you what my aha moment is. And I, I, again, I wrote about this in the book. So here I walked into the event. So yes, Dr. Vic, I just got done crying, drying my eyes with the AC. I walk out and I go into this event and the president of this event or of this networking group comes up to me and says, uh, Jamie, hey, how's it going? And he asks me if I want to take on a leadership role within the group. And I remember my head saying, no, no, don't do it. Like in a movie where you see like the face going back and forth. No, no, no. Like an echo. And then I said, oh, absolutely. I would love to. Thank you so much for thinking of me. And I went in the bathroom and I started crying and I said, you can't give any time to your husband and your kids. And you just agreed to an extra 10 or 15 hours a week to a networking group. You don't even want to be a part of anymore. You just took on a leadership, you know, role. what the are you thinking? <laughs> I, I bleeped that out, everyone. I bleeped it myself. Um, so... So I remember at that moment, I, when I went home, I actually never even told the group I was never going to come back. I just never came back again. No one ever saw me. I like cut sh- social media and I started writing the book. But that was my in the moment, aha moment. I love that. And did that like kind of tailor you towards, I know you do a variety of stuff, but like kind of tailor you towards writing the book about women and doing stuff, uh, focusing on women in a sense. Yeah. So it was almost like a therapy for me writing the book. Um, and I also did a lot of running while writing. So I would like run and these ideas would come to my head. So I was exercising, I was writing, which were two super healthy things. But I was coaching women and they were facing the same things that I was. And I said, if I'm going to be a good coach, I need a lot more integrity. I need to practice what I preach. Um, and if I'm educating them on work-life balance, I have to have achieved that. So then I, I did. I, and now I can tell you, I say no, Dr. Vic, to everyone. And it feels so good. And I've never had more opportunity in my life than I do right now. And it's because I say no to all the BS in my life. And I say yes to what works for me and my family. My marriage is great. My kids are happy. We're traveling. I do like every day I get up and I don't consider it work. I'm doing what I love. And. I just, I feel like I'm living the dream, but I can confidently say that. And that's solely because I do have that work-life balance now. I love it. And one of the things too, because you know, growing up, I was all about pleasing others and pleasing others. This is how I was raised. You have to care about how other people feel before you can ever think about yourself. And mm-hmm. so the whole no thing was very foreign to me when I first started doing it. When you did first start to do it, was it a little tough? Was there like a little bit of a battle in the mind kind of going like, oh, I don't know if I should be doing this and uh, but I have to. And you kind of had that little inner dialogue. 
Absolutely. So a couple of things. One, especially as women, we're people pleasers. So when we say yes to someone, we see their face light up. We feel like we did good. Um, but then we walk away with more responsibility. When you say no, the payoff's in the end. So I had to get comfortable with that. But I also realized from telling that guy, yes, I'll take on the leadership role and then never coming through. When we say yes, and then we partly come through or we say yes and we don't come through at all, we lose our credibility. And it takes a long time to establish credibility, but you can lose it in one second. I also had to realize that if I want to continue to grow my credibility, there are things I'm going to have to say no to because I can't just partly come through for you, Dr. Vic. Like I can't say, yes, I'll be on your podcast. I can do about 10 minutes and I have to drop off. Or I agree to do this show and then I reschedule on you. Like You're going to have a different perception of me. So I realized if I can't do it, I have to say no. And it not just for me, but for the benefit of the other person that thinks I'm going to come through. And then also... I really had to wrap my mind around the fact that when we say no, it actually shows confidence and self-control to other people. So if I said, you know, no, I can't uh, begin that project right now, you might be offended or upset that I can't do this project right now. But somewhere you're also thinking, this girl's got a good grip on her schedule. She knows what she can and can't do. So I had some definite inner dialogue, but I also had to realize saying no is very empowering and can increase my credibility. I love that. And do you notice with working with clients and and other individuals and so forth, do you see a lot of people who have that? I call it a boundary issue, but I think that's what it is. But one of those things where it's hard for them to say no. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. It's hard for many people to say no, especially if you're officially that go-to person. Everyone knows you're going to say yes. You're going to take it on. You're going to do the next activity. And maybe you've even spent years priding yourself on being the go-to person. But eventually, it's going to beat you up enough where you have to sort of... I hate to say burn bridges, but you are going to have to rework boundaries. And it's not going to be pretty initially. But you've got to make that sacrifice and reset boundaries in order to live happy and be able to give to your family and yourself. I love it. And I know for the listeners listening, it's something like, uh, have you ever heard like, I've heard two different names for this. It's the lobster effect or the crab effect. Okay. I haven't heard that, but I like both lobster and crab. So um, this is working for me. So. Right, so the whole lobster effect or the crab effect, whatever the name is, one of the things they talk about is like, I love when you're like, you got to say no, you may burn bridges. You're going to have to, you're going to set boundaries. And sometimes it makes people uncomfortable, especially if you're with family or friends or so yeah. forth. And what happens in the lobster effect, if you put three lobsters in a tank and one of the lobsters says, I don't want to be here no more. I'm getting out. I want to see what else is in the world. It starts to climb up on the wall, try to jump over. The other two lobsters will come and grab it and start to pull it in and not to let it go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I kind of think when you say no, like you have to burn bridges in a sense. It's not, some people are just going to be like, what's happened to this person? What happened to that? And I don't know if that was your experience. Was that your experience when you started saying no to people, maybe with friends or family or people close to you were kind of like, what's going on here? Yeah, they did. But then they started learning to not come to me for little things and they shifted and started asking other people, um, which made it easier for me. So that ended up working out for me. But those lobsters that are pulling you in, you have to realize as you grow and develop, you change. And sometimes the people around you don't change and they can end up being toxic 
to your new vision and the new direction that you want to go. And so while it's with family, you might have to set boundaries. You can't rid of them. And then there's going to be people that you just have to rid of. Maybe you don't want to, but you know that they plant seeds of self-doubt in your mind or all they do is ruminate and dwell on negativity. That's going to suck your energy drive. So you have to determine what's better. Do you stick it out with that person and live how you don't want to live? Or do you move on to the next chapter of your life? So it really kind of boils down to what you want. You don't need to be disrespectful. Please don't get me wrong. You don't need to be mean. You just don't have to be rude in any capacity, but you do have to sort of say, I can't do that right now. I have to go exercise. I can do it later. I can't do that right now, or I can't do that for you anymore. And here's why. And tell people about your dreams and goals. I think that's so important. And the people that are like, why are you doing that? What are you thinking? You don't have time for that. That needs to be a red flag that you need to begin slowly backing out and setting boundaries with them. I love it. I love everything you're sharing here. And that's, and that's one of the things, the law of association. It's, you know, you ever hear the statement where the five closest people you have with you that are, you spend most of your time with are usually, when you average your mouth, that's kind of like you. Yes, I have heard that. And that's why it's so important to look at the top five people that you associate with on a daily basis. And do you want to be like them? Because you are like them. Um, and, <laughs> so, um, Some truth coming out of your watch out. <laughs> sorry, you know, and, and you can, as much as you want to say, no, that's not me. That's not me. That's who you're associating with. That is your reputation. And that is a part of you. Now, one thing that I did to be able to advance forward, and I hate saying it like this, but I like to just kind of give a visual and be kind of frank. So there are always people, and this is where people yell at me. So go ahead and yell at me, but I mean it in a nice way. There are always people below you. Now, the good thing about having people below you is that you can take your skills and your knowledge and your opportunity, and you can grab their hand and you can pull them up with you. That feels great. Then there's people that are equal to you. And that's usually like friends, family, the same group of people you've always hung out with. Those are great people to just kind of, you know, let loose and have fun with and enjoy. And then there's people above you. And those people tend to have might be more educated than you, might have more opportunity than you, might have more money than you. And as you want to advance, you want to find different groups or different mentors or different people that are above you. Because just like you want to grab that person below you and bring them up, the people up there will bring you up too. And that's probably one of the hugest ways that I've been able to advance forward is by associating with people where I'm the dumbest person in the room, I'm the ugliest person in the room, and I'm the poorest person in the room. Because when I'm there, I know I'm surrounded by people that have opportunity in their pocket and are willing to share it with other people. I love that. That's some really solid advice. I mean, I've, I've used that in my own life and it, it definitely, uh, it does make transformation. And, and the whole below thing, you know, I look at it as a conscious awareness level. Where are you yeah. consciously? You know, there are people, you know, financially conscious is higher than I am. And I love to be the lowest one in the, in the room, like you were kind of saying, because then it's like, all right, what, what are they doing that's working? And what is something that I'm interested in that I can learn from? Yeah. So one thing we were talking about, no, and boundaries and things like that, and you know, toxic people, law of association. What are one things that you do, what you can recommend uh, to the listeners? How do you rid toxic people out of your life? Or first, let me sorry, before I even go there, how do you notice, or you can choose which question, how do you rid toxic people? But what I would like to ask though is, how do you know if someone's toxic? Yeah. So first you got to 
make a list of the people that you associate with most frequently. So it can be 10, 15 people that you surround yourself with every day by choice or not by choice. Maybe it's the negative Nancy in the office at the front desk right when you walk into work every day. So create a list of people that you're always surrounding yourself with or mingling with and list out some of their traits and qualities. Do you like their traits and qualities? Are their morals and values the same? Do any of them just like have that like dark aura around them where you feel like, Oh my gosh, you have like a negative energy or I don't want to talk to you. And those are the people that you want to start really kind of honing in on to see if it's worth spending your energy on. Also, people that make you feel uncomfortable, people that are always... Like, let's say you're at work and every time there's a a new software program that comes out, they're always like, why do we have to change the software program? Why do we have to do this? What's go-? And they're just like, they never want anything new. They're never flexible and adaptable. Be cautious of those people. People that plant seeds of doubt in your mind, every time you want to venture and try something new, they find a way to make you second guess it. Those are probably some of the most toxic people. And then people that are always asking you to do something and pressuring you into saying yes. So I would sort of do a self-reflection. You pretty much know for the most part, other than the passive aggressive people because they're super subtle, you pretty much know who's toxic. You might not want to like admit it, but you know because they just give you like a vibe you don't want to be around. That's how I would say you could kind of know. Awesome. Yeah. I always like, I always tell people uh, advice I've got at a young age was always about when you're with someone, if you feel good after when you leave, those are people you want to keep around. And the ones when you leave, you don't feel good, you feel drained or you start to, you go, you go, home, let's say you're hanging out with someone and all of a sudden you're, they're draining you and you go home and you argue with your spouse or you're just not in a great mood after that. Obviously yeah. those are another way that your intuition is kind of like nudging you and saying, Hey, this is something, pay attention to your feelings here. Yeah. And I think too, like any relationship, whether it's husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, two friends, it needs to be 50-50. So if you feel like you're giving 90% of the time and you're only getting 10% back, that's also a super toxic relationship because you're always exhausting and giving and you're not receiving. And you do have to have sort of that 50-50 in any type of uh, dynamic or relationship. Totally agree. So you know how to be aware of toxic people now. How do you get rid of toxic people? Yeah. So uh, slow and steady wins the race. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the first thing, I mean, of course, if we're talking legal, legally, how, how is that, let's start there. Is that we'll go there. Yeah. Wherever you want to go with it. Wherever you want to go with it. So uh, legally, how you could do this. So I would say with family, you do need to be a little bit more subtle. If there are people that you can just say, I'm done with you. I'm erasing you, deleting you out of my life altogether. Good for you. Go for it. But when it's with family, usually you're going to interrupt a pretty tight dynamic. So I would say just very subtly starting by telling people, Hey, you know, my direction in life has changed. Some of my visions and my goals, laying out what it is you want to do. They might reject it. That's okay. Say, I appreciate your opinion. I'm going to take that into consideration. Don't take it into consideration, but you just say that to them. And then now when they ask you to do stuff, you can say, listen, I really want to do that. You know that I always do this kind of stuff for you, but right now I'm working on X and you've already told them that you're working on X and they might get upset and allow them to vent, but don't say yes to what it is you need to do and just slowly start backing out. I would say one of the things you really need to caution yourself with when setting boundaries is that 
when you need the other person now, you can't blur that boundary. So let me give you an example. So often with, you know, whoever, uncle, I don't know, Frank, <laughs> all year. Okay. Uncle Vic, uncle Vic, <laughs> there we um, go. Right? uncle Vic, we spend all year setting boundaries with him. We're doing great. And then comes the holiday and Christmas and Thanksgiving are there. And then you're like, oh, poor Uncle Vic. He's going to be all alone. You know, let's invite him over. And then you invite him over and you open this huge can of worms. And while you spent 11 months setting these boundaries in one month, you blurred it. Or the girlfriend that is like, I'm done with this guy. And then her car breaks down and she calls him. Oh, I'm stranded on the side of the road. Save me. You know, and then they say, and I had no one else to call. I mean, who would you call Vic? You'd call like the AAA or something, but they think, oh, this is the time I need this person. And they blur those boundaries. So remember when you're setting boundaries, that when you feel you need that other person, you might have to inconvenience yourself and not reach out to that person because you're really interrupting the boundary you've created. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. It's like you've kind of set it and forget it. It's like you make that choice. This is what I'm doing. Here's the boundary. And we're not letting anything cross that line or lower my guard because of whatever X, Y, Z. Yes, exactly. I love it. That's good stuff. Especially with families. I would say families is tough for the most part. I know in my own personal experience of this, uh, being Italian, coming from a huge Italian family and having to cipher that down and be like, you know, I love them, love you guys, but you know, I'm going a different route. It's just, this is life. And you just have to slowly wean through the process. Yeah, you do. And you have to recognize too, a lot of times that, that family does mean well for you. In most cases, they want you to be safe. I mean, I could do so much. I have my PhD, right? And then I decided I'm going to open a residential cleaning company. That's another business I have, Dr. Vic. That's a whole nother podcast. All right, there we go. Right? And people are like, what are you doing starting this business and cleaning toilets? You have a PhD. Oh my God, you're making like negative $2 an hour, you know? (laughs) And okay, now does it pay off? Yes, but people had a scene my vision and my desire to be an entrepreneur and a business owner. And, you know, we could go into missions and visions and all that. But the the point is, is people wanted me to use my degree to make money to, they think this is what you need to do. Be safe, go into the corporate world. You won't have to worry about certain things. So they meant well, but you have to appreciate that your family and friends want you safe. But if you've taken calculated risk and you know what you're passionate about and you've got your vision, just keep hold of that. And eventually they'll come around to accept it. Totally agree with you on that. And I always, I always advocate to people the same thing because you know, they're always, it's their fears. It's their, you know, being comfortable, right? That's what their comforts. Some people like to choose comfort over taking risk or going out and saying, no, I'm going to go and do this because I just, this is what I love to do and we'll see where it goes in that perspective. So that's, uh, that's, that's really good stuff there. Would you say that in your experience or just helping others in general, helping them slowly rid toxic people, would you say that kind of helps you to be a little bit more happier, a little more fulfilled? 
Oh, absolutely. Because you're taking off jobs off of your shoulders. I mean, negative Nancy at the front desk, when you have to provide her therapy at 9am every day for the first 30 minutes of your job, and now you don't have to do that, that's a weight lifted off you. It gives you more energy. It gives you more clarity. When you rid of people that are planting seeds of self-doubt, now you don't have that, that doubt and that lack of confidence in your mind. You can see clear and you have more positivity. So every toxic person that you rid out of your life, you're one step closer to being on the fast track toward obtaining a dream or a goal. I love it. And what are some other things you can share that are to stay happy or be fulfilled in general? Yeah. So there's a lot of things. So ridding of toxic people is definitely one. Watch comparing yourself. We are in a society right now where we have social media in front of us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's on our phone. It's on our computer. We get pop-up notifications. And every time you click to look at something on social media, you are comparing yourself because you're seeing these photos. You're seeing what I call people's highlight reels. So in the area of media, for those of you familiar, you might hear the term demo reel or highlight reel. And so my highlight reel, for example, is all of the media I've ever done. You get this person that takes a clip of every single interview, media interview or talk show that I've been on. And they take like a a three to five second clip and they clip all these together. When one media entity sees my demo reel, they see all the best parts of anything I've ever done. That is social media. So when you go on Facebook, you're seeing that Jamie is in Italy and she's with her family on this private boat tour. And then you scroll down and you see Dr. Vic and he is at a Christmas dinner with his Italian family and everyone is smiling. And I mean, and you just go down the list of seeing everyone's best moments in their life and you're comparing it to your entire life. And it makes you feel like, what am I doing wrong? The truth is, you know, I got off on the wrong train in Italy and my husband and I were sitting there in the ghetto of Italy at one point, um, <laughs> not knowing when the next train was going to come. And Dr. Vic is dreading this Italian meal with his family because he's trying to set boundaries with Aunt Camille and she's just <laughs> not getting it. And, you know, but we don't see that. And so be very cautious if you want to be happy how much you are you know, being on social media and comparing yourself, how often you're looking at your neighbor and seeing that they've upgraded their car and they're getting a new roof on their house and their kitchen's being remodeled and that you feel the pressure to keep up with the Joneses because the every time you upgrade the car and the boat in the house, it puts more stress on you and you're much less likely to live happy when you're focused on keeping up with the next thing instead of enjoying what you have and enjoying the experiences around you. I love that. Yeah. And it's one of those, I mean, we, I call in my circle of group, we always call Facebook fake book. And oh, it's, just, yeah. it's just one of those things where people are just like, I love how you said it, the highlight, we like taking all these little bits and sharing it and you just keep seeing all these people who are all happy and everything's going well. And you start, I, I don't know, I, you start asking questions like, all right, why am I not like that? Right. There's something wrong with me. Why yeah. am I not being fulfilled? 
Yeah. And it not only, I mean, it not only decreases confidence, increases self-doubt, but a lot of us will find that we start changing our paths. Oh my God, you know, Dr. Jamie and Vic, I'm friends with them on Facebook and they're blowing up about their podcast and it's so great. And you know, maybe I need to get into podcasting. That seems like where it is. And this person could have been like on a really great track and writing their book or going back for that master's degree or just being like a great at-home mom or dad rocking the family. And now they add this thing into the mix because they see, wow, look at how Dr. Vic and Jamie are rocking it. You just can't say, I'm going to go ahead and switch over to their goal path. Stay on your own goal path. You know what's good for you and your family. Totally agree. Yeah, I think one of the things that uh, social media does, um, I talk a lot about this, is the distractions of life and how it will shift your focus. Because, you know, we're in a society of such short-term mindsets, and it's just getting more and more short-term. I don't know if you agree with me or not on this, but it's one of those things where it's like, you know, oh, this is the new thing to do. All right, let's all go in on this. And then here comes next, you know, six months to a year. Oh, wow, this is the next thing that's blowing up. Let's go all in on this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I noticed that with uh, Bitcoin. <laughs> there was like that five minute time frame when everyone's like the Bitcoin train and then everyone jumped on it and then the train like fell off the track. But yeah, so there's a couple things. So one, we are very immediate and that's more of like, I just get fresh out of school and I want to be the CEO. I'm going to start my podcast today and I want to be on the iTunes charts number one tomorrow. That's the mentality with that. But where I think we're lacking the like now, 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 now is being present in the moment. If you can kind of compare it to that, that so often we're searching for the next thing, the biggest thing. Okay, great. I got this promotion and now I want to get to the next level or I bought this boat and I want to upgrade it. We're always upgrading and we're forgetting to live present and enjoying what we've already worked for. So I think there's kind of like that fine... There's a balance between the two. Being present in the moment, we need to work more on that and being more mindful, which I think we will live so much more happy because we're grateful and thankful for what we have and we're actually enjoying it. But then on on the other note, when it comes to work, we have to realize we have to put in a lot of sweat equity and a lot of time for it to actually turn into something that is valuable and we can hold on to. I love it. One time I was talking about becoming a millionaire in in the process and somebody asked the question, I was like, you know, they go, I said, don't focus on becoming a millionaire, focus on the person who you have to be to become that. And someone reached out and there was a comment on Facebook like, oh, well, Dr. Vic, are you a millionaire already? And I go, well, yeah, time and space just hasn't caught up with me yet. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, then in that case, Dr. Vic, I'm a billionaire. There you go, right? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, and it's the kind of concept. So I love when you're like, you have to put sweat equity into it because there's a time and space of what, you know, fortunately, we live in a physical world. And in the physical world, everything's time and space. And even though we are like multidimensional and all these other things, we have to go through that time and space. Things have to brew and things have to, it's like making a dinner. You take their steps to the process, to the recipe and cooking time and so forth. Well, and in so much in our life, we're in a society now where we've really taken out the steps. I mean, we want everything now. We want fast food faster. We can Uber food to our house. Uber car picks us up in two minutes or less. 
everything you can have rights, especially in the newer generations, they can have anything they want with the touch of a button. Why can't I be the CEO now? Why can't I be a millionaire now? And it's hard for them to grasp that concept. And even sometimes us who might not be part of that generation, but we are part of this go-go for us to say, wait a minute, I'm on a new venture. This is going to take a long time. And to really accept that and be patient and enjoy the journey. Totally agree with you. That's how I was starting out. I thought, boom, I'm going to blow everything up in the first year and I'll be at this level by the year two. And then I was like, sweat equity coming in. I'm going, all right, maybe it's not what I thought it was nope. going to be. And then uh, you, right. you course correct, as I like to say. And then now all of a sudden it's like, all right, now everything's rock and rolling. But so we talked about being mindful. How do you be present in a time? Uh, what is it you do with yourself or you recommend the clients that you can really like kind of get back into the present moment as much as you can being mindful. Okay. Yeah. So there's a few things you can do. One, obviously the start of it's going to be technology. Stop with the, the pop-up notifications. Um, you can have the Facebook app on your phone and the this app and the email app, but you don't have to have the pop-up notifications on top of that. And when you're with family, make sure that you are not by your phone. So for example, at dinner time, we're very present in the moment with the family. You can learn so much about your family in a 25-minute dinner. So make sure that the technology is away. And starting your day... like where you're running the day and the day isn't running you. So if you sleep with your phone right next to you and you roll over in the morning and the very first thing you do is grab that phone, you're either going to start looking at social media and start your day by comparing, or you're going to check that email on that email app and you're going to see the four emails that came in and you're going to jump right into work. The day has now begun to run you. Instead, wake up, take a minute to go for a walk or stretch or have a cup of coffee and say an inspiration, read a Bible verse, deep breathe and say three reasons why today is going to be great, and then go into the swing of the day. Because when you can run the day, you have more control and confidence over the way that you handle things. So I would say being present is just about really taking control back and not letting technology and outside sources run you, you getting a grip and running the day. I love that. One of the things I teach a lot is I always tell people in the first hour, you either control your day or it controls you. Yeah. So whatever you do in that first hour dictates your day. So control that and do it however you said. I love the whole, uh, it's something inspirational, the Bible, write something, three things, how it's going to be great today, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can, you know, just taking that first hour of your day to like, just do healthy things for your body. You know, we're, we wake up and, you know, if you're hitting that snooze button 10 times, <laughs> then you wake up and you've already procrastinated your morning. You're starting it out rushing. Now you're starting the kids that way. If you have kids, come on, get up, get up, get up. Get up. Where's your backpack? Why didn't you have it together? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. They're just grabbing whatever they can to run out, out the door. Now their day is starting that way. Then you're racing to work. You're behind. You're cutting off the guy. You have road rage. You're pissed off. The guy you cut off is pissed off. I mean, that's how millions of people start their day. So if you can wake up a little earlier to really have a good morning, a peaceful morning, I truly believe that can change your entire life. I totally agree. And I can also tell people too, like when you do what you were saying, like you get up, you get centered, you get in a great place. You don't go down this negative downward spiral of like, I woke up late and procrastinating. You know, you got to get up the kids. You got to get, you're, you're, you got a little, you're, you're a little more aggressive on the road. You maybe some road rage and then you start spreading that to others because we all pick up on our own, our vibrations, our consciousness, where we are. And yeah. instead, if you're in a good centered place, you're spreading good vibes to everybody. 
So that is so, and that's so important. We need that so much now in the world, Dr. Vic, more than ever. And, you know, or just like even saying, you know, your kids, sometimes I find like we went to, we went to a, the grocery store early this morning, Dr. Vic. And it's, I don't know, 8 a.m. by the time we got there. My son has not eaten breakfast, but I worked out and he sat nicely at the gym for me while I worked out. Aww. And we're, we're at the grocery store and he says, mom, can I have a cookie? And so the first thing that goes to my mind is, no, no, you haven't had breakfast. It's 8 a.m. And I said, you know what? Why the heck do I have to say no? Why? Because Miss Jones would say no. That's why I was just, I was like, you know what? I was like, yeah, Blake, go ahead, go get a cookie. He's like, thanks, mom. Made his day. It's a cookie, guys. It's a cookie. I made that whole kid's next decade of his life by giving him this cookie. You know? So I think like when you can like say yes to just little spontaneous fun things, it's not the end of the world. Go for it and like enjoy life and let other people enjoy life too. So agree. I think sometimes in life, we just get so caught up in rules and regulations. Of what would someone else say or what's the right thing to do? Uh, instead yeah. of just being like, hey, I'm just going to be me and do me and I'm going to give a cookie today. What the heck? What's the difference? Yeah. Like, what? I mean, it's, give everyone a cookie. That's, that's going to be the, <laughs> the end of the show. We're going to say, just give everyone a cookie. <laughs> I love that. Yep. Go enjoy a cookie. That is awesome. Yeah. That's the thing about, I think, in life too. It's just, you have to be, you know, I, teach, I tell people all the time, just, just get rid of the, the rules and regulations are okay to a certain degree that you live your life by values, codes, whatever you want to call it. But it's one of those things where it's like, don't be so regimented. And I see that, you know, be, I myself as a chiropractor, I'm huge in the nutrition. So like uh, my wife will be like, you're so regimented. And I'm like, well, you know, there's this and this, but she's actually taught me over the years. Like, it's okay. Have a cookie. It's all right. It's not going to kill you. Have a no. cookie. Enjoy right. it. Okay. Yes. We'll have, yes. Some, we'll have organic milk. Don't worry. You're going to have a cookie. It's grass-fed organic milk. Because I don't like to drink cow's milk that much. And so she's like, we'll do that a little different today. I'm like, all right, honey, you got it. Let's do it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Mixing it up, keeping it hot, Dr. Vic. Keeping uh, it hot. <laughs> you have to, right? As they say, you got to keep it fresh, as they say. You got to keep it fresh. So, um, but yeah, but I, I do think that we need to, no matter, and, and I understand, especially since I have kids that, you know, you do have to have a certain regimen and you do have to have structure to keep the family going and things on time. But when you have an opportunity to add a little bout of spontaneity or a little fun to the dynamic, definitely take up that opportunity and go with it. And that will add uh, more joy to your life and your family's life. I couldn't agree with you more. Totally. I love it. So talking about families, I know you, with the book and everything, you kind of focus on moms and women and so forth. I don't, I don't think I hammered this question out yet. Why the, uh, the big focus on women? Was it because of your, your childhood in the past with mom and stuff like that? You know what? It's interesting, Dr. Vix. What happened is the book came out. I was writing from my perspectives, the work-life balance, you know, women need it. I honestly, in fact, I remember doing a radio show with a guy and he says, can you change the title of your book to the super human's guide to super fulfillment? He's like, because everything in here also pertains to guys. So I think honestly, the truth of it is that it was branded Superwoman. And so everything for the first year or two around that came out superwoman, superwoman. But all of these concepts, don't compare yourself, ridding of toxic people, having confidence, you know, living happy, starting your morning out right. It doesn't matter if you're a, a guy or a girl. No. That's, that's universal. So 
I would say, although the book is branded that way, and I have been branded to a certain degree that way, these are universal tips and they go for guys or girls. I love it. And so, you know, I was asked this question once and I, cause I just wrote a book in April and it was one of those things when I got asked the question, I was like, Oh, this is a great question. I'm going to ask you this in my podcast. Who was the book for when you wrote it? Who was the book for at the time? It was for my women clients that I was seeing and I wanted to be able to expand like my practice internationally, Dr. Vic, like to people that might not be able to afford my services. Mm -hmm. Um, And my book is my coaching in like this little, you know, 100 page or 200 page book. So it was for two people. It was for the women that I was coaching. And then the second group of people was for maybe those that I couldn't reach or couldn't afford my services. I love it. And one of these other questions I love to ask is, you know, if you can go back 10 years, okay, what advice would you give yourself back then? Um, I, there's probably a few things. I, I would say being patient and knowing my value would probably be the two things. And, and I think the universe still teaches me patience. And especially, I will tell you, having media in my life that I have to learn patience. It'll come, Jamie, slow down, slow down. Like, okay, just wait. You sent that email. I know it's been 17 weeks since you've heard back from them, but just deep breathe. They'll get back to you. Um, so yes, the media has taught me patience. My kids have taught me patience. So I'd say definitely patience and realizing as you need support and mentorship, Sometimes the, or like even investors, I work with investors, the ball's in their court and you can only rush things so much. So being patient and I've probably blown opportunities with my hurry, 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 hurry. So being patient. And the other thing is just knowing my value, just like I am worth what I charge. And you know, the old Jamie, 13 years old and 15 and 20 years old, she never knew her value and could never imagine making what I make per hour or per keynote. But I'm not that old Jamie. And I have to know my current value. I have to understand how far I've come and how much sweat equity I have put in. And so I think knowing your value is very important. And you know what, Dr. Vic, I'm going to add one more thing to that. Speaking up. The minute I began to speak up and ask for what I wanted, my whole life changed. So often we're just like, we think, oh, oh, he'll know what I've done. He'll see it. I'm showing people what I've done. No, you've got to speak up and tell people what you've done confidently. If you want something, speak up and ask for it or people aren't going to give it to you. And most times when you speak up and ask for something you want, people will give it to you. So speak up. So true. I always tell people, you never, if you don't speak up for yourself, no one will. And, right. and the other thing too, I love how you said knowing your value. That's something I went through years ago about like, well, I'm going to make this much an hour and people, and again, knowing who you were talking to around you, you know, who, you know, toxic people, that's yeah. crazy. You can't make that much an hour. What are you talking about? I'd be like, yeah, but I know what I'm worth. That's what I believe I'm worth. And they're like, oh, that's crazy talk. No one ever pay that. And you know, now you speed up the time and you're like, oh, I'm making what I said I'm going to make an hour. And then you yep. just move forward with it and be like, okay. And as I've learned through, you know, universal laws using those, be like, well, you dictate what you're worth. The universe will say, okay, here, I'm going to bring people to you to show you what you're worth. Yes. You yes. You are. Yay. It's so true. And it's so empowering too. And then you, you start doing things. 
I don't want to say like to justify or to, but like, okay, I'm charging this an hour. And so what I do personally is I read more and I write more and I keep up with what I'm doing more. And I'm on top of the newest research. And I can tell you back in the day, I was, I think I was charging like, um, during my internship, like 30 bucks an hour or 40 bucks an hour. And that still is great money, but I knew I could make more. But if I was charging people $40 an hour right now, Dr. Vic, I don't think that I would be researching as much and investing as much of my life into what I do. I'm worth what I, you know, charge because I go above and beyond and, and want to make sure that I bring all the new knowledge to my clients. Yeah, I love it. it. One of the like something to just sum it up with what we're talking about. It's like one of the things that uh, okay. a, great, a great story that I was uh, shared when I was going through this process is it's about a guy who does air conditioning. He's an HVAC guy. And this business owner had like three guys come through and they can't figure out what the issue is. And so he heard this is the guy to get the problem solved. He walks in, he tells him his problem. The guy looks and says, he thinks about it for one minute and goes, I know what your issue is. You got a screwdriver. He gives him the screwdriver. He goes, he gets a ladder. He goes up, he tightens the screw and says, okay, that's going to be $10,000. And the business owner looks at him and goes, I could have did that. He goes, you could have did the work, but to know exactly what it was and the issue it was, that is what you're paying me for. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, I love that. And it's just like what you're saying. And I totally agree with you where it comes to you charge more, but you look at the time you're putting in the research and the other stuff that you're doing on the outside of there, working on the business, as people say. And it's one of those things where you're, you're growing sweat equity and so forth to really take yourself to that level and more. So I totally just to share for the listeners, that's kind of the concept behind it. Yeah. And it makes our job more fun because you're always like, I love learning new things and being able to share it with people. So for me, it's a win-win. I love it. Well, I got one more question to ask and then we're going to wrap it up here. What is one book that you could recommend to the listeners that kind of has transformed your life? The Superwoman's Guide to Super (laughs) Fulfillment by Dr. Jane Kulaga. I knew that was coming. I love it. I love it. Definitely. I'm going to have to check it out. I'm going to definitely get it and I'm going to be reading it. So Dr. Jamie, this was a lot of fun. Uh, Before we uh, break off here, how can people get a hold of you with contact information and so forth? Yeah. So you can go to my website, drjamiek.com. That's D-R-J-A-I-M-E, the letter K.com. So drjamiek.com. Of course, all the social media platforms, LinkedIn, my business Facebook page, my Instagram just joined. So please welcome me to Instagram, another social media platform to compare (laughs) myself on Dr. Vic. I love it. Um, And Twitter. And you can find me anywhere. Just Google Jamie Kulaga and I'll come right up. I will have that in the show notes, guys, for all that information. But uh, Dr. Jamie, it was a pleasure. I'll definitely uh, have to have you back on again. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is Dr. Vic 21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, 
pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.